point of view, you have struggled with pornography for most of your life and you meet the person of your dreams. You're trying to decide how to talk with this person and you don't know how to do this and establish trust. This is what we're going to talk about today in the Perfectly Honest Podcast. Welcome to the Perfectly Honest Podcast, where we talk about families, marriage, and of course, our relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Kiana. And I'm Michael, her husband and co-host. And co-host and best friend. What are you, what do you need to be perfectly honest about today? My perfectly honest moment is that I have already been thinking about not doing school. (laughs) That's just because I get into this weird phase. I do like school, but there are some of my classes that I just... I just don't like. Such a confession. So, or some assignments. I hate busy work. Man, college is is the best location. If you want to find busy work anywhere, go to college. Oh my gosh. You know, teach you about stuff that's not really important for the real world. It's not like they're just like not saying stuff that is important in the real world. They're like teaching you stuff contrary. That's the problem. Yeah. That's my perfectly honest moment. My perfectly honest moment is I really want chocolate right now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys out of that. You've been saying that this whole time. You yeah, I know. Said that earlier. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about uh, pornography again. We wanted to start getting more specific, so we're going to do this every so often. If this is something that interests you, then then stick with us for sure. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to be talking about trust mm-hmm. and pornography as it relates to relationships. Yes. Um, and I want to say real quick, thank you to everybody who did listen to that podcast a while back that was our most well received i've had a lot of conversations with people long conversations since then that have been really awesome and uh most people did take it the way that i was hoping that they would because mm-hmm. um you know they came in a way saying like hey i'm glad that you're talking about this um and not necessarily feeling too sorry about me because honestly that's why we're here is we're trying to help people have a better life regardless of what things are still making them ill yeah. So thank you to everybody, uh, the the men and women that I talked to who either had a struggle with pornography themselves or talked about someone else they knew and just wanted to send a, some appreciation. So we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And to preface this episode, like we are not ex- experts, you know, we're not professionals on this topic. It's just something we are not something very personal to us and something that we are still navigating that we've experienced. Yeah. And so we just want to share what has been like working for us, what we have learned and in hopes that it will help someone that's listening. Yeah. That's our biggest hope. And to bring you closer to Christ. Yes. Because we don't know about what it takes to overcome pornography in your own life, honestly. Mm -hmm. But we do know that Christ is the answer. Yes, he's at the center of it. Yeah, and and at the very least, uh, we know that he can strengthen you in, in your daily life. Yeah. Uh, while, while you're struggling, he'll mm-hmm. help you in your struggle. And we also want to help you find out possibly the reason why you've had to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. You know, there is some spiritual reason why God hasn't taken it from you, right? Yeah. So, you know, we'll explore that too. Why don't you share your experience with that thought, grappling with that thought, why hasn't God taken this from me? So recently... Oh, I can't remember what this was, but in in church, someone had mentioned, like we were talking about agency, we're mm-hmm. talking about freedom of choice. The thought just occurred to me because for years I had begged in prayer, like, God, please take this from me. And, and not to say like, this is the same thing at all, but it can be compared to the prayer that Christ gave in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of us have thought about this is, you know, take this cup from me, right? Yeah. 
And what happens in the Garden of Gethsemane is the the Lord basically answers Christ in in a way that's like, you have to bear this burden by sending Mm -hmm. him an angel. He sends him strength to give him the answer, you know, that he's going to keep the burden. The only way is through. So that's how I felt it in my life. Mm -hmm. I felt that when I pray, um, I receive strength to get through my day versus having something taken from me completely, right? And and my main thought on this too was that God's not going to take away our agency. So if Mm -hmm. we're asking him to take away the pornography issue, we're asking him to take away our freedom of choice. And you might feel like this is a compulsion for you. That's a very fair thought to have. Mm-hmm. But we have to realize that there is some choice in it and that God is not going to even get close to that line of taking away our freedom of choice. Right. But he's willing to forgive us. Yeah. And the hard thing, strengthen us. The hard thing with pornography is it, it literally alters your brain chemistry yeah. and your neural pathways. And if you want to learn more about that, I would suggest going to Fight the New Drug. They have a lot of articles on how pornography affects your brain. Right. But it does... I can imagine get to the point where you feel like you don't have a choice. Exactly. Well, and at the very least, so I'm saying that's a really valid feeling Mm -hmm. because at the very least, you're very weakened. Yeah. Right. For me to make a choice not to drink alcohol, I never have in my entire life. So that choice is really easy for me. Yeah. But if I had alcohol at some point, it wouldn't be as easy. So so it's one of those things that, yeah, you are making a choice, but uh, let's look at the whole situation and God does that too. He does. And he's so merciful and ready to forgive and receive yeah. you back into the fold exactly. every time. Yeah. So let's talk about trust in relationships. Yeah. Are you ready to go there? Yeah, I'm ready. In my degree, we've talked about this concept called the Relationship Attachment Model, RAM. It was created by John Van Epp, I believe. He wrote How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk, and he goes into this model in that book. But basically, it's this scale of how much you know someone, how much you trust someone, how much you rely on them, and how much like physical intimacy you should have with them. And it's a cascading scale. You should always know someone at the highest, like that scale should be the highest. And then based on how much you know them, you can trust them. Based on how much you trust them, you can rely on them and it keeps getting lower and lower. So basically knowledge of the person will always be highest then trust, rely and so on and so forth until you get to physical intimacy. And so with that, Michael and I were talking about how important it is to have trust in your relationship and how that is at the root of the pornography problem in marriage, in relationships, at least in our relationship. It's not so much about the pornography itself. It's can I still trust this person? And I know that when spouses are dealing with this, when a husband comes to his wife and maybe hasn't been honest for a long time, there can feel like the shattering of trust. It can be really devastating and heartbreaking. And that's why marriages struggle, I think. Yes. Because of pornography. It's not so much about the pornography itself. It could be. I mean, pornography. That is a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Pornography could be, you know, affecting the individual. They aren't acting how they normally do. They aren't motivated. They maybe quit their job and are really depressed. Yeah. yeah. But at the root, I would say is pornography can kill trust if you let it. So let's not let it. Right. Right. If we are able to focus on trust in our relationships, then it becomes 
you and I against the problem and not the problem becoming a wedge in between us. Let's do some point of view here okay. too. So like I want to get into like the point of view of, of each spouse here. Okay. Because in, in a trusting relationship, like that's built on a lot of different things, right? It's especially mm-hmm. knowing, right? And what's knowing? Like when we look at trust, sometimes it can mold into the knowing part and into the rely part for yes. us. Yeah. Where we're like, we need all of that. And it's true, we do. Mm-hmm. But it's good to separate it out. And to say like, yeah, knowledge comes first, mm-hmm. right? Let's just go to what we talked about at the at the beginning of this episode, which was point of view. You 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 find the person that you love, mm-hmm. the person of your dreams, or whatever it is, um, or at least somebody that you know you want to marry or have a real relationship with. Yeah, but you're not sure how to talk with them about pornography. What do you do? Let's look at both perspectives. So you have a perspective of someone who has viewed pornography. And they've struggled with it for so long. And they have this perspective that's different than someone who's not, which is obvious. Mm -hmm. But it's also like they have this perspective that's they don't like pornography for the most part. I mean, if you're if you're looking in the situation and you're trying to tell someone about it, you know, chances are that you don't actually like pornography. It's holding you back from having a real relationship, which is what you do want. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's that perspective. And you're trying to tell the person like, hey, I do this bad thing, but I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're going to try to think of all the ways like, how do I paint myself like this? Right. And maybe from the other person's perspective, let's just assume that they have not viewed pornography. They might have been told a lot growing up like pornography is bad never date someone who's viewed pornography because it's destroyed their mind it's destroyed who they are Mm -hmm. you come from that perspective right how do we establish this trust we're just going to go worst case scenario on all this and like how to well i mean like worst case scenario not like (laughs) no i mean maybe this isn't the worst case scenario but like worst worst case in the way that's like in your mind yes right Uh in the pornography viewer's mind like oh man they're gonna they hate pornography they'll hate me for it right yeah so first off for the pornography user i hope that you find somebody who you think is a little less shallow yeah (laughs) than that that just looks at the surface right Mm -hmm. but even so it's good to talk about pornography early it's so scary but it's going to tell you if you really love that person, if that person really loves you. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening? You're giving them knowledge. Yeah. You're you're helping them know who you are. Um, not not that you are a pornography viewer, yeah. but that it has been a big part of your life and a big struggle. Exactly. Well, I've shared this before too. A therapist once told me that, hey, like if you have a broken arm, you're not going to go to a party and someone says, who are you? And you say, I'm a broken arm. Right. You're not going to say that. You're going to say, I'm Michael. And uh, like, oh, what's up with a broken arm? Oh, yeah, I just broke it. It'll heal. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to look at it like that. You know, you come and you say, hey, I have this issue. I know that that's really hard. I'm bringing this with me, but I'm coming to you because I want to be honest. You're telling them the truth if you say that. Right. Yeah. If you're talking to them about it, you want to be honest. You're basically saying, I want to be honest and, and I want you in my life. I realize that that might those things might be really hard for you. It might be hard for you to have me bring this into your life, but I wouldn't want us to be engaged before you knew this. Yeah. Right. So you know that's just a that's just a point of view perspective. Maybe that's not the worst case. This is actually a good case scenario, but that helps the other person who has come from the perspective of like pornography is all bad to c- start thinking. Wait a second, pornography can be bad, and this person can be good at the mm-hmm. same time. Two things can be true. Yes, they might be honest with me. I they'll be willing to set boundaries with me and talk with me and set rules that say in our relationship what I need. You know, if they view pornography, what do I need? What do they need? 
You start mm-hmm. thinking about each other. Instead of me versus you. Yeah. So, Michael, you have had the worst case scenario, I would say. Yeah. You have dated someone and told them about your problems and then yeah. had them say, that's too much for me. Exactly. I have. Yeah. So actually, so I have dated multiple people that I told about the issue. Mm-hmm. And f- yeah, for everyone before Kiana, it was basically like, yeah, I can't do this. At least right now. I don't, I honestly don't have any problem with the way that they went about it. They mm-hmm. were both very loving, understanding, great yeah. people. So yeah. Um, and I did appreciate that. But for them, they had to make their decision around what was going on with me. So it's scary. It's super scary. Because I thought I wanted to marry some of these people. But you offered them the knowledge that they needed to make an educated and informed decision about, okay, do yeah, I want to proceed? They can make that on their own. Yeah. You know, my one warning with feeling that way is like, it's hard to become attached to somebody. Like it made me very closed off when I was with Kiana, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Because I was really scared of getting turned down. But just know that that can heal. And it is really like scary to go through that. But yeah, with, with those girls, um, I remember saying at one point, like, hey, look, you have a choice mm-hmm. whether you want to be with me or not. I don't have a choice, at, at least at that point, like I don't have a choice to to have never viewed pornography. Yeah. Right? Right. Like I don't have that choice to, to re- have not ever viewed pornography. To rewrite your history, yeah. And I was like, I have choices for the future. I have choices that I want to try and overcome this. Yeah. I have choices that I want to be a good person. I want to go mm-hmm. to church and study my scriptures. I'm doing all of the things. Mm-hmm. I just have this, this thing that is really hard for me to beat. So, the, you know, that was a good teaching opportunity for me, but it told me that I didn't want to be with them if they weren't going to fight the battle with me. Right. Right. Imagine if I had gone through that whole process with them, they really were struggling so much. And I said, well, I'm going to marry you anyway. And, and, and they said, okay, but once we're married, you can never view pornography ever again, or it's over. And I think sometimes that happens. Um, if that's happening in your relationship, if you're the culprit, <laughs> soften your heart <laughs> uh no but like we have to allow each other to make mistakes yeah in, in anything in the relationship and i think that there's a lot of people who go into marriage thinking that marriage is going to fix the problem everything yeah marriage is going to fix all of my problems once we're married my spouse will never struggle with pornography because we'll be able to be sexually intimate but that's the thing about pornography is it's not necessarily about sex it's not always right it can be a mental battle it can be an anxiety crutch it can be i'm having a hard time dealing emotionally so this is my um it could be that you're addicted to the fact that after you view it you have this clarity of mind that comes for about like 15 minutes and then gets rid of all of the clutter Mm. (laughs) right yeah there's a lot of different things you know that it could be that it could be right i'm just saying like you know as as an example there i can imagine that yeah there are a lot of specifically young women who've gone into marriage thinking oh i'm gonna fix it my husband won't view pornography anymore because we got married and it'll be okay but it's something that you need to work on together and i like that you said that you said we go into this battle together now because we're partners yeah and i think that's something that we're still working on learning you learning how to let me in to help in your battle, in this battle together, this fight against pornography, because it can be really easy to want to go at it alone because you've done it. That's how you've done it your whole life, right? It has been you and pornography and God. And now you have another person in the equation. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, 
it's terrifying. It's terrifying every single day. You know, I mean, you talk about like, okay, the first time I tell, it's gonna be so scary, and then it's out there, you know, and then I, you know, but like seriously, it is so hard afterwards. Even it's just as hard to say like, oh, I've struggled with this problem in my life versus mm-hmm. like, hey, I viewed pornography today, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like that's really tough to to have that in your relationship, and it's embarrassing every time. I mean, like imagine how embarrassing it is just to you know pick your nose and eat it or something, and then like be like, oh, someone saw that, right? <laughs> like. Just to give an example to people who don't necessarily understand the issue. Oh, yeah. Like if I did that and someone saw me do that, like I'd be like, oh, great. Right. But it's like Mm -hmm. a a lot harder to deal with there. So I want to hear. Okay, let's go to the perspective of someone who has not viewed pornography, because it's important for those who have viewed pornography to understand this perspective as well, because this helps you. This helps you to know, like, how to approach the situation Helps you also to know that there are some very loving people out there who Mm -hmm. have not dealt with it, but will fight the battle with you. Yeah. So I think from my perspective, as someone who has never like viewed pornography, you know, you hear the lessons in young women's and seminary, pornography is bad. Don't marry someone who has an issue with pornography. And then you get to college and you realize that probably 80 to 90% of the dating pool has an issue with pornography. And so I had gotten in a few relationships before Michael where I had this like deep sense of knowing that it was an issue, but we weren't able to have an open conversation about it. Right. And so I kind of felt like I was going crazy because I knew something was going on that they weren't being open and honest about. Right. And so then in walks Michael and he lays his cards on the table for me. It was just this breath of fresh air and relief of, okay, here is a man who is willing to just lay it all out with the promise that he will be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such a key into building the trust in our relationship because now I have the knowledge that he has had an issue with pornography and he gave me that background. And I also have the knowledge or he reaffirms the knowledge every time that he comes to me when he is struggling and having a problem with pornography that he will always tell me. And so with that, I feel equipped to move forward, to trust you, to love you, to be the wife and partner that you need. I love that. When I talked to Kiana, I wanted to be honest and I wanted her. Like that's what that's what I I mean otherwise I wouldn't. If I didn't want to be with her, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, I just, out of the desire to be honest, I wanted to just talk about this. Like, so I want you guys to see that, you know, for anyone who hasn't viewed pornography, to see that. And for those who have viewed pornography, to see that uh, there are things that are more important Mm -hmm. uh, to those who have not viewed pornography. And and they'll find that out through their own experience, too. You know, maybe with like the girls that I previously dated, maybe I helped them with their future husbands in some way. I really hope I did. Yeah. Because that's just part of life. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I was actually their first encounter. And I was like, really? You've dated a lot of guys. And there's (laughs) like a lot, you know, and for some of them, some of them hadn't dated a lot of people yet, you know, but it's like, that's okay. It's good to be a first encounter for somebody Mm -hmm. because that should help them. And you can even say like, hey, look, I might just be your first encounter with this. Right. You know, I, I just want, you to know that I'm I'm fighting this and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with with fighting it because I know that I want righteousness Mm -hmm. and God sees that too yeah you know and that's something that I really saw in Michael is this willingness and desire to fight that was really beautiful and it really drew me in and 
I want to maybe give like a word of advice yeah. to those who do not struggle with pornography, who are dating someone that does, is if you are seeking revelation on whether or not you should marry this person and God gives you the answer, then you run with it. You trust in that. You trust that if God said yes, you might struggle alongside your spouse with their issue for a couple years, maybe more than that. But God saw something good in this pair, in you two being together. And he said, yeah, like give it a go. And I think that people can lose hope because they're like, oh, here we are a couple years in and it's still in our marriage and we want it out. But God will give you the strength to keep going and to keep fighting and pushing it out. And and on that too, like keep on looking at the good things that have happened. You know, look at the perspective too. Like you're like, okay, we are four years in. But if you're like, if you've been honest, if you've been mm-hmm. really trying to fight it, like you can look at that. You'd be like, hey, we have been fighting this battle for four yeah. years. Good job to us. Yeah. We're trying our very hardest. And this battle is not as simple Mm-mm. as just getting rid of it. You know, just saying, I'll never look at it again. I I remember in Sunday school, I was always told, if you don't want to have a problem with alcohol, don't walk by the bar on your way home from work, right? Like, because that's like the world we were coming from. You know, I don't blame our parents for how they taught that because that was effective for them. Yeah. Right. But the problem is the bar is on our phone. It's in our pocket. Like it's in our pocket every single day. So it's hard. Uh, We're all still trying to figure out how to fight it. And uh, props to you guys for fighting it. Going back to just to kind of wrap this up, the trust, knowing, rely. I just wanted to say that uh, trust is not always what we think it is. I gave this example to Keanu yesterday, which Mm -hmm. was I can trust a murderer to kill people. (laughs) I can trust (laughs) that he'll do that because that's what he does. He's a murderer. Mm -hmm. That's he's established that trust. I gained the knowledge. He's killed people before. Now I can trust that he'll just keep wanting to kill people. Right. So really gruesome idea there, (laughs) but you know, it just kind of breaks the idea of trust, which is in a relationship. Like now do I rely on a murderer? No, that's Mm -mm. where that line is kind of broken. (laughs) So it's like the trust in a relationship is different. It's founded on a lot of different things. Can you trust your partner to be honest? It's not about trusting your partner to not view pornography, right? Mm -hmm. You can trust that your partner will view pornography and trust that he'll be honest with you or she will be honest with you, whoever yeah. it is, right? You can trust that they care about you because of their actions. You can trust in a lot of different things and that causes you to rely on them. It doesn't matter. All of a sudden, pornography does not matter. You can rely on your spouse who has a pornography issue because you know that they love you, that they're honest with you, that they want to be with you, they want to have fun with you. There's a lot of good positives mm-hmm. that seem to be covered up by this curtain. There's a whole stage that's behind the curtain. Yeah. Just remember that. I know you wanted to wrap up, but I wanted to hear maybe a little bit about what I do to gain your trust. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you asked that. Kiana has gained my trust by being so emotionally available for me. Because guess what? When you are are asking somebody to join you in your battle with pornography, you're asking a lot. Mm-hmm. And so Kiana has had to gain my trust that she can be someone that I can talk to. Because when I talk to her, she doesn't, sometimes she's very frustrated about it. Yeah. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm okay with that. But most of the time she is concerned about what I just went through. Like I literally went through a scary experience. And it is, even though it's gone on my whole life, it's scary every single time. So her concern for me has built trust that 
like I trust her with my emotions because mm-hmm. if she just freaked out and lashed out every single time, she doesn't lash out ever. <laughs> um, but if she did that and she freaked out on me and she said things that were hurtful, like, well, if you keep doing this, then this isn't going to work out in our relationship. I'm leave or you. like if she said stuff like that to me, my trust would, would be heavily diminished. She's never said anything like that to me. So make sure that you can be a spouse that be trusted too. Yeah. Thanks for asking me that. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Spiritual thought. Spiritual thought. Okay. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Can you guess which verse we're going to be talking? We're in John 8, <laughs> where Jesus talks about the woman uh, who's brought to her, uh, who's caught in adultery. And um, the Pharisees were all super excited. Like, haha, we got, we got Jesus. We know that uh, he can't answer this. So they, they essentially brought this woman before him and asked, you know, what they should do. Mm-hmm. with her because the law of Moses says that we should stone her. We should her. stone her, right? So, uh, you know, you give the command and we'll we'll stone her, right? I just love this. I would have loved to be there because I'm sure that there was just so much awkward silence, you know, <laughs> because they bring her. They're like, ha, ah, the whole crowd is riled up. And uh, he sits there, sits down on the ground, draws some pictures on the ground. Uh, it doesn't really matter what they were. It's more that he was bringing attention to himself yeah, and not her because they were all looking at her like, ha, ah, and then they're like looking at him like, Oh, this is awkward. He's not answering us. What? Mm-hmm. Jesus, what? What? Okay, just just give him a second, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, he waits for them to, to calm down, essentially. And then he says this. So when they continued asking him, Jesus, Jesus, what, what's going on, man? Uh, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. Then we know that they all awkwardly turn around and left, right? Mm-hmm. There were, none of them could say that they were without sin, right? Yeah. Or even what that meant. Was that like, oh, well, they're like, oh, I was clean since Sunday, since I did the cleaning ritual <laughs> or whatever, but that I've never sinned, right? And then they're thinking, would I have wanted to be stoned that one time that I sinned, <laughs> right? Uh, whatever it is. But they all they all left until um, it, was, it was just, you know, Jesus and the woman. And then he says, uh, well, and then it says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? And remember, woman at this time is a really nice thing to say. It's not like, hey, woman, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like woman being very kind to who mm-hmm. she is. It's her character. Uh, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, and I would assume that he would say that almost sarcastically, like, hey, where'd they go? <laughs> and then it says, she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I love that last phrase. He says he doesn't condemn, Mm-mm. right? Um, but he does give some counsel saying to go and sin no more. I just like think about that. I think that every day in our pornography battle, we should think about Christ and what he would say to us. He would say, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying, keep trying, mm-hmm. you know? Go give it another shot. I mean, she was about to be stoned to death. Yeah. So he literally was saying to her, go and give it another shot. Yeah, you have another chance. (laughs) And and we've got many chances. So like, that's what I'm saying is that we should do that. And and, uh, to those who don't view pornography, and well, I mean, to those who do and don't, try not to be so judgmental of other people, Mm -hmm. you know? Think in the situation of that God has given that person another chance, you know, every single time. Every time, every, you know, 20, 30 times that they make you frustrated, God is is still saying like, well, hey, I've been enduring this with him too, mm-hmm. you know? 
he's frustrated me hundreds of times, thousands of times. Just go let him have another shot. <laughs> you know, he'll get it eventually. Yeah. She'll get it eventually. So I want to leave that, that with you. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you guys for being here for this episode. If this was impactful to you, reach out to us, share it with someone. You know the drill. Find us on Instagram. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.